Oh, where, oh, where could Tom Scallon be? The man's probably sleeping, it's past 7.30. We got a guest host, Willie Nelson, could it be? His last name is Nelson, but his first name is actually Lee. I'm, I'm hungry. Welcome back to Talking the Walk. This is episode 64, La Hermandad. I am Paul Patterson. Guest host, Lee Nelson. And of course, you knew he was on. Thanks to Lee. Lee. Thanks to Jake Brown. You didn't sing your own song. Thanks to Jake Brown and the original music. Bailey Bishop, original artwork. Tennis Channel social media. Fact checker, Joe Martin. And of course, Jeff Gravy. Market. little watch update for you. 236.5 miles for the month of October. So far, I have done 127.3. Yes, that means I have slept in yesterday and today. I have to get over eight miles a, eight miles a day. I'll have a couple of good days in there. Um, needed to sleep yesterday and today. I, I, again, have a tough time going to bed. That could be in the confessional. I have a tough time going to bed. So um, I will, uh, I'll get up in the morning and walk and, you know, we'll get back on track. Is that it? Perfect. Uh-huh. Katie Theater. Strap yourselves in, folks. We got some we got some movies reviewed. No crying this week. Thank goodness. Game night, 4.5 out of five stars. Great action slash comedy with a surprisingly good message. Good pick, Cole. Christy still has you beat, though. For anyone who hasn't seen this, go watch it. On the basis of sex, five out of five stars. Amazing. Must watch. This movie about about Ruth Bader Ginsburg is all about gender equality and standing up for what you believe in. I will recommend this movie to everyone. Great pick, Christy. Both those movies are very good. I would also give a little bit better rating to On the Basis of Sex with the uh, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg story. The Truman Show. This is an interesting rate. What do you think she rated this one? How about this? How about, can I read the, read the review and then you tell me um, uh-huh. what she rated it, okay? So The Truman Show. Maybe that's the way we should do it. I should read what she gave as the uh, description okay. and then you guess what the rating is. That'd make it more fun. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Yeah. I am not really sure what to say about this movie. <laughs> Weird storyline. I feel horrible for what they are doing to Truman. Good ending though. Did love the two little old ladies with his face on a pillow. What do you think she gave the rating to? What do you think the rating is for the Truman Show? Three. Four out of five stars. Okay. Okay. Good. I would have never guessed it based on the, on the review. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. This is fever pitch. Again, going to guess what she rated this after. Is this Jimmy Fallon? Yes. Yep. Drew Barrymore. Yeah. Rewatched this movie over the weekend. Not at work. Great baseball movie with good love story and funny parts. Only downfall is it's about the Red Sox. And remember, she's a huge Yankees fan, which may or may not be the reason why she got hired by Al. We, no one really knows for sure. Okay. She is a Yankees fan. So what do you think she gave Fever Pitch? Four. And a half out of five. Huh? Okay. Four and a half out of five. Okay. So again, if you've got movies, and I think we've got a couple more coming. Um, if you've got movies for her to watch, please feel free to share those. Um, always appreciate it appreciate getting those for her okay you ready gotta get gotta get stranger than a fiction in there stranger than fiction yeah i think it's gonna be i think she's gonna say five do you really i do Do you? i think it's because it'll be a surprisingly different good movie oh extremely surprising especially when you think about the main character will fair i mean the main actor i should say and it, 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 it is i mean he's got some funny stuff in there but nothing like you're used to and and the one the one singing scene will like take it to a five. Do you really? I think that is like one of the greatest scenes ever in a movie. Which one plus, again? When he's singing, was it like? Oh, that's uh, wide world. Uh, it is uh, world, wide world. world wide, yeah, world. Is it wide world, Eric? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Tahiti. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great yeah. Scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that is just in excellent scene and plus she likes love stories so like that kind of 
includes the love part of that. Okay, so, so we got to so stop really, talking about it because I don't want to give too much away. Because so really like so really like that scene, and I think it will make it a five out of. Is five. it? You look it up, but I think it's Wide World Eric. That's the name of the of the artist with it. I think. I think. I think. Okay. Um, here are my questions. Re Reckless Eric, whole wide world is the song. There we go. Reckless Eric, whole wide world. Thank you. Good fix on that one. Okay, are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. You are. Mm -hmm. Do you have your wedding recorded? I, I no idea. You don't know if you have like a a, a DVD of it or a, a a mini DVR cassette or digitally recorded somewhere. You don't know if you have that recorded i yeah i've never seen it if we have that isn't that that isn't the question the question is whether or not you have it recorded i i don't i would say no okay well that was fun great question sorry i'd rather not. The, the, the next question was going to be if you do have it recorded have you ever gone back to watch it which no. begs to begs the question of why did you record it um and and the reason why i'm asking that is because um Christy's mom and dad bought our brought our VHS cassette down of of the uh, of our wedding. Never watched it, and currently, pretty sure we don't have a V we don't have a, a VCR in our uh, in our house to watch it. So, do you have anything that you do record? I mean, Misty takes four million pictures every time we do anything, but not a video where where you are like videotaping Bennett playing soccer. For soccer game, um, Misty recorded some dance stuff that, that we got to have like an open dance practice the other day. Did you go back? And I, watch? Uh, no, I mean she sent it as like a Snapchat, but okay. I just don't really, I don't really get into the picture video thing. I'm just, I'm out on that. Well, that's kind of what I'm. That's I guess that's the reason the the rationale behind the questions is we 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 in in years past have recorded things, but then we never go back and watch it. So the, the question then becomes, why do we record it? We're not going to go back and watch it. So that you can say you recorded it? Apparently. Apparently. Or if case we do want to go back and watch it, I'm not exactly sure. And that one. So the question to the listeners would be, do you have anything that you recorded because it was a significant event in your life? And then the question then becomes, what was that event? And have you gone back and watched it since? That's what I would want, if that makes sense. Okay, ready for the confessional? I have two of them. First one came up tonight. Um, didn't go to watch volleyball. And, and the girls, some of the volleyball girls I had talked to last week, and they're like, are you coming to our game? And I'm like, eh, it's during football season, so probably not going to. And they're like, well, what about next week? It's at home. I'm like, ah, yeah. And they're like, come on, you have to come. And I'm like, ah, I might, you know, make it there. You know, so, so as normal, I get home and guess what I don't want to do? Leave. Yeah. So I'm here at home. Didn't go watch volleyball. And I feel bad. I have a, I have a very guilty conscience of that, that. That I said that I would possibly go watch. And now I did not. And now here I am living with that. So that's my first confession. Second one, Friday night, we did not play very well. Didn't have very good... Um, emotions in the game we were very flat I guess would be the the proper term and I as a coach felt very helpless like I could not swing us in the other direction to get some sort of positive reaction to it and and that is not a very good feeling not that and it hasn't happened very often in my career but that one was a big one um, they came in they outplayed us they outcoached us and they uh they got the, the Warcat trophy to stay at home again for a second year in a row, and I did not have much of an answer for her. So that's my confession. So my what turn. What's that? I said, is it my turn? Yeah, if you want. Um, is it okay to talk about gambling on this podcast? Sure. Why, what do I care? I'm not. So I, so I like to indulge in some sports gambling. Okay. Um, I really like to bet on the NFL. I know most people would say they'd be the opposite. They'd like to bet on college football. I really like to bet on the NFL. And I just think it's crazy how you become a fan of all these different teams. Like sure. I like, so I think it's easy to dislike the Cowboys 
just because the whole America's team thing. But then on Sunday, like I'm cheering hard for the Cowboys. <laughs> like, and it's so funny because I dislike them probably more than any NFL team, except when I take a minus three and a half. And I love that touchdown overtime. Unbelievable. It was huge. Better was, than a field goal. Yeah. Field goal yeah. does me no good. Um, can I just tell you, I saw somewhere on Twitter, somebody was complaining that they had picked the Buccaneers and Tom Brady to have X number of yards rushing, which he had. Oh, yeah. One and a half. And, until he victory. The knee. Yeah. And then he lost it. Ended up having four carries, four carries for a yard. Oh, yes. Dang it. That, I don't know why that made me giggle, but, man, that was funny. Well, victory sunk you. Yeah, and, it, and it's crazy because that's like a terrible, terrible beat. I mean, I took Daniel Jones over 27 and a half yards rushing a couple weeks ago. And this was not a bad beat, except that he ended with 27. Like, and, you know, and like didn't take it at take a knee at the end. Like he just literally couldn't get one more yard. Very similar to the Bills. Couldn't get one more yard. Yeah. That, oh man, that yeah. was bad. Oh, I don't know why that makes me giggle, but that was pretty funny. Yeah, that was. Okay, good job out of you. I like it when you jumped in the uh, in the confession. Mm-hmm. Any more? Any others? Is that it? No. Okay. No, that's it. How do you feel? You feel better? I feel better about getting those two things off my chest. Yeah, mine was more just like funny. Like I just, like I almost needed like a Cowboys jersey. Like I was cheering so hard for them. Well, that, I I think so. Gambling, and I guess you could throw it. You could lump it all in there because fantasy football basically is gambling. Yep. And how fantasy football changes your view on Sunday. Like, God, I love the Packers, but I need, I need somebody who's playing the Packers to do really well. So get, can I, can I get him to do really well and the Packers still win? Is that possible? Yeah. And I, I play fantasy football. I just don't really care about it. So I don't find myself like really following my team. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It's just not that entertaining to me. Gambling on games or props within games that is entertaining to me. That that is at face value better. Yeah. And I had an awesome Sunday. Just throwing that out there. Just an okay. awesome Sunday. That's so good. well, that means yeah. that means are you going to Altoona? Aren't they opening the old steakhouse up again in Altoona? The big steer? They are? I thought so. I thought the big steer oh, was getting man. opened back up. That's where Misty and I had gone every year for our anniversary. Here comes and, here comes uh, the Nelsons after a big Sunday. Yes. Back to the big steer. Yes. Love it. I, I also like the big stir. <laughs> <laughs> it's that is not very big though. That is like the smallest bar ever. It is very small. And I do love the window where you yeah. get stuff back and forth. That yeah. that is that makes it it's a great atmosphere. If you have not it, been to the big steer, at some point in time we'll have to we'll have to have that as our not sponsor. Yeah. Not we'll tonight. Still, live podcast from the big steer you are going to be super excited about our uh, our non-sponsor tonight yes yes okay feedback this is from christy movie recommendations for katie the fault in our stars there's something about mary and rudy so those three movies the fault in our stars there's something about mary and then rudy Toothbrushing, manual and random, although recently my toothpaste is causing me to gay. Probably time for a new toothpaste. Confessions, first off, my apologies to Lee that your message to our activities office didn't make it to the parents and that my snap offended you. <laughs> so basically, she just said, tough enough. Yeah, no, I, I just wanted to get it out there. I wanted to lay it all on the line. Yeah, you did a nice job. And then the second one, um, Brandon, you live in the country. Why are you not burning your garbage? Spoken like a true farm girl, mm-hmm. right there. Um, and if you must know, use diesel fuel to get your get your garbage burning a little bit better. It's a slower igniting fuel, therefore you don't have to worry about um, extreme um, explosions or or flammability. It's a slower burn. Um, and then, congrats to Brandon on his new certification. I don't think Brandon <laughs> and fires are a good combination, though. Probably not. Just That's I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Probably a good thing. Okay, Dennis Burrell. Feedback. I have <laughs> this one made me giggle. I have no experience with pre-workouts or substitutes uh, when I when it comes to working out. Come to think of it, I don't have much experience with working out either. Need to change that. I'm ha- happy to hear that Brandon is back 
on good terms with talking to walk. He never left. He just wanted us to get, I mean, he played hard to get. That's all he did. Just whining so he could get some attention. Um, and then I'm not going to read the rest because it, it, was, it was pretty funny though about, he calls his bathroom the gym. Um, so he goes to the gym every day, <laughs> basically. So I did say it, even though I said I wasn't going to say it. Okay, um, here we go. The only other piece of feedback, Cole Hopkins, Scott Steiner. First off, you were absolutely right. Love the big pop-up pump reference. I have the same routine cycle of brushing my teeth, but how many times I do that cycle is entirely dependent on how many times I decided to hit snooze that morning. Tell Schmitz that although I, am, I still have nine months left in my grad program, I'll be his nutritionist for half of what he's paying right now. It's a great, great bid to get somebody's business. Ultimatum time. Whichever comes first, 10,000 listens or the 100th episode, I will get shirts made if Gravy doesn't. Jeff Gravy, you just got called out by Cole Hopkins. Just so you know, called out. Do you have any feedback? Well, I would just say with Cole's thing, I mean, 10,000 listens is going to happen before. Okay. So then he's going to do it for 10,000 listens and not okay. the 100th episode. It, well, he said okay. whichever one comes first. He's doing yeah, I'm basically just, telling Gravy he's in and, and Gravy's not doing his job. I'm he's, just doing that. I'm just doing the math. I just don't think yeah. it's even a question. He wants a spot, basically, is what he wants. Okay. That's what Cole's going for. Wants a spot. Okay. High school sports, cross country, of course, state qualifying meet. I hope you're ready. It's tomorrow. Um, do you have the medals and yep. the, uh, and the uh, um, punched your ticket stuff mm -hmm. and, and the banners and all that jazz? You got all that ready to roll? Yep, mowed and painted yesterday. Nice. Yeah, saw that. You no, know, there was already um, the striper paint. There, yeah, the striper. There, the paint you could still see from when we hosted our meet uh, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago. That that was nice, but it's almost harder to paint when there's some lines out there because I'm not gonna sit there and try to hit every line perfectly. So, um, but it looks good. Can't you can't you take your 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 sprayer and mm -hmm. widen it so you just so if you just go over the middle you're hitting the hit yeah, the old I one think, and just make it wider? Yeah, I think it was um, set. I, I don't know how to do it. I just literally get on there, start it, and start painting. But yeah, there were definitely some lines where I was like, "This painter is really painting today." Nice, nice job. Yeah, um, volleyball, and we're both at the same spot. You're hosting, mm -hmm. and we're coming to you. Yep which we talked about last week. Um, volleyball, both of us won tonight. Uh, first round, you hosted Knoxville, we hosted Carlisle. And now you go to Pelorowski, which one do you go to? Pella. Go to Pella on Thursday, we go to Winterset on Thursday. If we win, looks like again, looks like we'll probably be at Cedar Rapids Xavier on Tuesday. And you'll be at Oski. Correct. Right, if you win on, on Thursday. Um, and, and did you beat Pella? Uh, we beat them in the regular season, and then they beat us in the conference tournament. Okay, so rubber match. Yeah, on Thursday, that's a big deal. Swimming, I do believe we had we had a conference meet tonight. I keep saying we have a conference meet, but I I can't keep track of swimming meets when when they're happening. But I thought we had the metro tonight because our girls got out early to go to the meet, so I'm pretty sure it's today. Don't know how that turned out. We hosted the Little Hawkeye Conference invite tonight. We got second to Newton, Colfax, Mingo, Pella. And oh, CMB. I didn't know that Pella was in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And CMB? CM, Colfax, Mingo. Oh, I thought you meant Newton, Colfax, Mingo, Pella, and Collins, Maxwell, Baxter when you threw oh, that no, no, all in there. No, so, so they put all their initials together. We have uh, Knoxville, Winterset, uh, Southeast Warren. No, they don't swim. Uh, Central Decatur is actually with us this year too. Oh yeah, we no Central Decatur is um, that's boys. Sheraton, we have in girls. They bring a diver. Central Decatur comes up. Yeah, yeah, and Pleasantville swims with us boys, but we but just call ourselves. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying, there's a lot of schools. We just call ourselves Indianola. So okay. there good. is a, a girl from Knoxville, Olivia Bacon, who is a sophomore. She did set our school record today in the 100 free. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that is pretty cool. 
Except she's yeah. a Knoxville girl, but that's weird. Well, in swimming, she's an Indianola girl because that's what our team name is. Okay, fair enough. Still can't believe the Central Decatur piece. That's a heck of a drive yeah, they, every day. Yeah, it's their superintendent's son, and he is a very good swimmer. So okay. it's a welcome addition. So he'll take it. Squad. Yeah, yep. Calling all swimmers. Football. <laughs> um, we lost on Friday in a uh, a, a well-executed game plan by Carlisle. They kept the ball most of the game and beat us uh, 14-21. And they get to keep the Warcat trophy for one more year. That was us. Big game for us on Friday. You go ahead and talk about your game on Friday. Your game was huge on Friday. Yeah, yeah big game. We played Bondurant Farrar, who was 7-0 and coming into the game, and, and we came out with a 15-7 to victory. Go ahead and talk uh, about that score. Yeah, we do not had a, we had a safety and a field goal and a field goal, so we got up 8 nothing. No, no. It was 7-5 at one point in time. Oh, yeah. So we're, uh, yes, we were down seven, five at half. half. Yep. We, they fumbled the kickoff to start the second half. We oh, is that why you got the ball there? Okay. Yeah. We kicked another field goal to go up eight, seven, and then punched one in with about three and a half ish. Yep. Yep. Ish, yeah. And uh, went up 15, seven and that's how it ended. I mean, we played yeah. really well defensively and um, yeah, that was a big win and it was fun. You know, a lot of people and uh, it makes, uh, it, it makes the playoffs, you know, obviously a lot more real for us. I mean, I you think guys we felt pretty good. Yeah. Regardless um, of what happens, you're in. Yeah. Well, you're either going to be first or second. As long as we win on yep. Friday. Yes. And first or so, second. so yeah, it'll be, it, it was a big win for, for us and our program to be in a situation like this. You know what? We really haven't been in very much. You know, we've always had, you know, a couple of those, really good big schools in our district and and now we're in this position and yeah it's it's been fun and now you're the big dog in the district yeah we're just not as big as those other no but i mean you're you 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 went from not being the big dog to being the big dog Um, yeah obviously not the same manner um as far as the discrepancy and enrollment but still a great position (laughs) <laughs> um, to be in. And we'll talk more about, actually, we're going to talk more about that as we, we go to the positive um, in the, uh, at the end. Anything else, high school sports-wise? Big day tomorrow for, uh, for us. Um, Boone is hosting all the associations getting together. So it is uh, all the coaches association and the athletic directors association are all meeting, sending representatives to Boone tomorrow to meet at 930. Um, I've got the agenda. I can't remember exactly all the things that are on the agenda, but I, I don't know if this is brand new based on the, on the, based on the email, it looked like it was not new, but then based on the agenda that was sent out, it seems like it is new. So we'll find out tomorrow. Uh, Brian Wilkin and I will be representing the Iowa football coach association there tomorrow morning at nine 30 in Boone, Iowa. So pretty excited about that. Still don't know officially if I was invited or not, but I'm showing up because they didn't say no. I never, never officially said yes either, but they also didn't say no. So I'm showing up. Um, are you ready for a non-sponsor? I'm kind of excited to get to this. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Mormon Clothiers, located okay. in Ames in Mason City. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about Mormon Clothiers? So Mormon Clothiers is a family-run business. The the father of the the family runs the one in Mason City, and then his son Justin, who was a year or two younger than me at Wartburg, runs the one in Ames. And when we started rolling with the Two Putt Podcast, Justin wanted to to be a sponsor of our podcast, so um, he is he has hooked us up with some pretty cool gear. It's like more stuff that. I would never even know existed. And then he drops it on you. Like it's really cool stuff. So um, yeah, they're, uh, they're it, it's, we've been there before. I used to get my tux from there when I was in high school for prom. It just, it has that feel of a family run business when you walk in and they're always willing to help. And it's been, it's been fun to have that partnership with, with Justin at Mormon Clothiers. And like I said, he hooks us up with some pretty cool gear. And, and when you go, I mean, obviously they have golf 
but they've got all kinds of, of clothing that you can go in and, and check out. And a lot of name brands, like high, high end um, mm-hmm. name brands of, of things. So a um, little bit more, a little more top end. Would you say that yeah. as yeah, far as if sure. you're going the retail side, and obviously <laughs> renting tuxes and things like that. I mean, it, yeah, sure, that's probably very standard, but, but the, the clothing they sell is a little bit more high end. So just make sure you're aware of that as you go. But and for, your, for your, for you women, they are uh, an official retailer of Lululemon. Oh, yeah. Wow. I did see that on there when I had it pulled up today. Okay, so Mormon Clothiers. And uh, are you ever going to do a Ryder Cup recap after the America <laughs> after America won? Or it's just shooters touch now, full bore, and you guys are out? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, and Jason and I don't help with that because, you know, he coached golf in the fall, and now basketball has started at Warburg. So, um Time is a little thin right now. Well, thank goodness for talking the walk for you. You get uh-huh. to you get to come on and still be a host of a of a uh, podcast. Yeah, it's the only time during the week where I get to talk and have fun doing it. So yeah, okay. Here we go. Why la Hermandad? If you have seen Man on Fire with Denzel Washington, it's a 2004 movie. It's about a kidnapping and basically revenge. And in that movie, the corrupt police department is called the La Hermandad, so the Brotherhood. And every time he goes to start dealing with people when it comes to this, figuring out this kidnapping and who's in charge, he continues to hear, don't worry about it, I'm a professional. I'm a professional, I'm a professional, I'm a professional. He hears that all the time. So that's how we're tying this in. We're going to talk about the profession of coaching, being a professional when it comes to being a coach and some of the things that, that uh, are out there as far as me when it comes to questions that I've got to, to get answered. So as you're listening, make sure you have, uh, you know, if you've got any feedback, you got suggestions, you got questions, you've got comments, make sure you let us know because this will be a topic that'll be interesting for a lot of people because I think many of the people that listen to this have had coaching in their background, whether that be Amateur coaching, you know, volunteering at, at the youth level to to uh, help your son or daughter's team out, or some of you that listen are are coaches at middle school, high school um, level that, that listen to this and, and maybe have some thoughts on that. So that's why it's called La Hermandad, the Brotherhood. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. I'm a professional. And if you haven't seen it, it's a great revenge movie, Man on Fire. Great revenge movie. I recommend it. Papa Burger. Here we go. What do you need to be, become a certified coach? Uh, in the state of Iowa, you need to take how many of her classes it is now? I think they kind of just group them into to so one. You have, you've got two. You've got two routes, right? Well, I mean, I guess I don't know what you mean by the second route. The the second route would be as if if I'm at if I'm at college, I take. As I'm going to get my degree, I take whatever classes I need to to satisfy that, and I get it. As opposed yeah. to a power course, which is yeah. becoming okay. more and more popular. That's where yeah. I was going with the two routes. Yeah. Well, and and when I did it, um, I did the the separate courses because I actually took um, two courses while I was in high school. When I was, you know, like your post-secondary options or whatever that was and when I was in high school so I took you a go to NIAC yeah yeah so so that's when I started when I was a junior in high school took a couple there and then just kind of pieced it together um but yeah I think most of the time now people are going to the the power course if you will and now you can do it online yeah um, which kind of lets you do it at your own pace and and I know there's some people that can get it done in like a day or two and they must just be that's all they're doing but um, do that. And then obviously to maintain it, you know, the, the continuing education, the coaches meetings, uh, CPR, if it's not tied into your teaching license. Um, so yeah, that's really how you do it. So gr- great lead in, because my next question is what do you need to do to keep your coaching authorization or, or licensure? And, and it's basically continuing ed credits. Mm-hmm very similar to what you have to do to keep your, your teaching license and what Brandon even talked about when it comes to keeping, keeping his strength and conditioning certification, you have to do that. It's continuing it, right? And, and just about every profession has got some sort of continuing it that you have to do. Now, here is 
well, we'll talk about that later because I've got a suggestion as you as you move on to this. Um, what coaching learning opportunities are there? What is what is unique about, in my opinion, what's unique about the coaching profession when it comes to opportunities to to learn and grow? Well, the first thing would be your coaching clinics. Yep, I think I, it's, I think that's very unique. I, I think it's I think it's I think it's different because yeah, you get to go to one place where there's a bunch of other people that are like you doing it, but then you also get to mix in like the fun with it. Like it's not just all business. You're not sitting in a classroom. Um, you get to essentially choose the different sessions that you would like to go to that maybe fits what you're trying to do or, or things that you want to learn more about. So I think that's probably the, the biggest thing, but I think also coaching in maybe not even like sports, but it's this huge fraternity where I think all coaches are willing to, to sit down and, and meet with people that, that want to know about something or how do you do this or how do you do that? I think that's kind of the, the informal coaching learning that we can do is by just picking the brain of, of other people that are, are in the same profession. Again, may not even be the same sport, might just be something that, that they want to learn more about. So I think that's, that's also big and kind of unique to, to coaching as well. I think it, it's interesting that, you know, they, there are still learning opportunities for educators. And, and I, obviously that's the only thing that I really know of. Um, I, I can't speak to any other profession because I'm not in it. But from, from a teaching side, it is, it, it, there are still those opportunities that are out there. They're not called clinics. They're called seminars or I mean, whatever you want to you wanna call it. Clinics for coaches, I think you're a lot more relaxed in those settings, you know, as far as uh, what's going on. And then you also get to the point where if you know somebody well enough, they're gonna let you in and, and give you some of the things that are, that are really going on. Because I can tell you from past experience going and listening to somebody speak at a, at a coaching clinic, you know, and it's the Iowa Hawkeyes. At, at one point in time, they talked about, they only had three offensive line calls. This is a fairly large clinic that they're at. They're talking, you only have three offensive line calls. That's just how simple things are. Well, if, if you're a high school coach, you can go sit in on meetings um, with the Hawkeyes during spring ball. And so went and sat in on a meeting with the offensive line. Well, I don't know, three times five, three times eight. Um, they may only have three offensive line calls, but then they multiply it with sublets of, of 16 other things that they're talking about. So they don't necessarily give you everything. Anyway, bottom line, it's a lot more relaxed, I think, when it comes to the clinic side. The other piece for me, which I think is very unique when it comes to the education side of things is, is that most of the time people's doors are open for you to come in. If you ask, somebody's gonna let you in to, to come and check things out. And I think that that is um, one of the more unique things when it comes to education, especially coaching. If, if I wanna go, talk to somebody. If I want to go talk to Tom Wilson and Dowling, he, he will open his doors for me. I want to go talk to Gary Swenson. He'll open his doors for me. I want to go talk to Matt Campbell. He'll open his doors. Not obviously during the middle of the season, but he'll open his doors for us to come up and, and talk to him and pick their brain about things that are going on. It, it is, um, as you said, a fraternity, and it is quite remarkable um, how willing to help people are. I think it's interesting, you know, coaching for for us uh is is part of the high school education yes and but it it's crazy because nobody says this is how you have to coach like if you coach at norwalk i need you to run the power eye you know like it's it's not like that whereas teaching at least how i felt about it was they said you need to do this you need to try this strategy where or maybe that strategy isn't really, it's not going to work in my classroom where coaching, you do have that flexibility to decide what's best for, for your team, your program with the kids that you have and the coaches that you have. So it makes more sense to be able to pick somebody's brain because it's not a cookie cutter approach that you get to kind of try some different things that, that you think would work best, or maybe you learn more about things that you would like to implement into your program where it doesn't feel the same. Again, my personal opinion on teaching is and, they don't, they don't let you have that flexibility. And whatever fits you. Yeah. 
I think that's the really the most important thing is, is, you know, it fits the program, fits all this other stuff, but what, what fits you? And it is, it, it, I don't want to say it's your playground, but it is definitely your, your laboratory. Uh-huh. Being able to see what works, what doesn't work, tweak it here, tweak it there. That's probably a bad term to use when talking about a laboratory, but you know, <laughs> that what, what things can, what little adjustments can you make to make things a little better or, or change a little of something there and there and, and get it to work out for you. Can you, can you tell me why are they called coaching clinics? Do you know the answer to that? I probably should have done a little research as to why that's yeah, because it's like an alliteration. So it just makes sense. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. It was just, I thought it was strange that, that we call it a coaching clinic, but nobody else calls it a, a clinic. It's just a coaching site. Yeah. Symposium, seminar, um, whatever. You, I mean, it just, it's weird. Okay. What separates professionals from amateurs in the coaching world? Uh, I would say the, the background knowledge and education that it takes to be a professional coach. Okay. Uh, compared to, you know, we need a soccer coach for our kindergarten team. I mean, I'm sure I could go and coach kindergarten soccer, at least like teach them, you know, some very, very basic stuff, but I can't really go any further than that with that sport. I just don't have any sort of that background knowledge, but a lot of times at that level, and, you know, we could say this at the high school level too, we need coaches, you know, but in that case, like you don't have to have any sort of certification. I know as you, as you work your way through, there's different certifications you can get in the youth sports. Um, But, you know, for, for us, I mean, we have to, you can't just show up and say, I want to coach high school football. You've got to, take these different courses that, you know, get you ready and get you certified to be that coach. So I'd say that's the, the biggest difference and probably the amount of time that you can devote. I know it's, you know, you've got to find that time, but you know, you don't have two hours a day with your youth basketball team. You might get a, a, a couple hour segment, maybe just once a week, you know, to work with those kids. So you know, we, we are, you know, expected as, as high school or professional coaches to, to put all that time in. So I think that's another big difference too. I would, I would add growth to that. And, you know, spending time in the off season, getting yourself more knowledgeable, um, picking somebody's brain or, or going to a clinic, going to some sort of session where you are learning more about your craft. Um, good, good, good professional coaches would yes. do that. There are, there are also some that, that probably say, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put myself in that type of situation. Very true. Very true. But, but for us, and this is the one thing to remember, state of Iowa changed it many years ago where we used to just be able to pick any, any average Joe off the street and say, yes, you can volunteer with us. Now you have to go get your coaching authorization uh, in order for you to coach. And you've got to do the background check and you've got to go through the hiring process. Um, and, and I'm talking about Norwalk and just about everywhere else when, when it comes to that. And you, you basically have to do everything that a paid coach does. However, you're not going to get paid. Um, and that's a significant piece. You know, and, and we lost our pool of applicants when they took that and made that a step, you know, where you had to go get your coaching authorization and, and get that taken care of our pool shrunk dramatically um, when you couldn't, when you had to go do that. And because it takes a lot of time and it's, and it's not free, cost you money. Yeah. So I think those are in some important differences there too. Um, I, I would say this is one other piece for me is you're, you're able as a professional, able to separate um, personal feelings and, and understand what the greater good is and, and what the greater purpose is when it comes to coaching a, a sport or a program. Um, not everybody is good at that and not everybody can do it. But I, I think that that's one of the other pieces, you know, and, and I can tell you no names, but, but people have looked to see who the head football coach is at Norwalk and decided that it wasn't in their best interest or their child's interest for them to participate in football because of a personal issue that they have with the person who's in charge of football at Norwalk. And, um, not understanding that I, I could give a rip what your last name is. I could give a rip what you look like. I could give a rip who your parents are. 
I don't care what you've done in the past. What do you got to offer our program? And if it's if it's the right fit and you're good enough, you'll play. I want it, to it, so. Yeah, and it shouldn't be about that. Like one of my biggest complaints of complaints is when when they basically frame the conversation to a way that that coach is not playing the best players. Right. I, I have yet to meet a coach. It's like, I, yeah, we I really like to, to get beat tonight as long as I play <laughs> so-and-so, you right. know, like it's, it's not going to happen. Like, I think we have to understand we are all trying to win. It's not the only thing we're trying to do, but coaches want to be successful and they are going to put the people out there. Now, I'm sure there are some that, that may play based on a name. And um, I just don't think it's realistic when we're talking about our really good coaches, really good coaches. That's not even a thing at all. Like that's the last thing in the world they would think about. I will tell you that, that there are a lot of factors that go into who plays and, and, you know, trying to win a game. One of the factors that never happens is putting our worst 11 on the field to be as terrible as possible so that we don't win. Mm-hmm. And it just said that, yeah. Anyway, what factors keep coaches around for a long career? I mean, there's, it probably changes for, well, for some. So. Yeah. I mean, I would say success is one. I mean, I Gotta think be. if people, people are successful, they're probably more apt to stay in that position for a while. But I think if you're talking bigger picture stuff or ignorance, yeah. I mean, how, how much do you enjoy? what you're doing and who you're working with. Um, and that's, that's players and coaches, parents, um, you know, there's, that's, that's going to bring you back and make you enjoy it every day. I mean, a, a win at some point kind of runs out like, yay, we won, but I got to go back to work the next day. Like, do I like going back to work the next day? And I think it's the same with, with players. How do we keep players out? Right. Okay. So we won am I enjoying what we're doing? I mean, I always tell anybody I talk to when, when you're coaching youth sports, like, Hey, what should I do with this sport? What should you do? You should make sure they want to come back to practice the next day that however you have to do that at that young age. So we're not driving people away. Same thing with coaches. If it's not any fun to do what they're doing and it feels like a, just a burdensome job every day, they're not going to come back. Eventually that will just wipe you out. And, and again, you're going to be trying to find another coach out of this smaller pool that we've talked about. And, and not just tomorrow, please come back tomorrow, but next year. Yeah. And then the next year and the next year so that we see him in the high school. That's mm-hmm. really what we want. When it comes yeah. to that. I, I would tell you there, there are a lot of factors, uh, a strong administration that backs you. You know, when somebody comes in and, and, and wants a piece of you, where's the administration sitting mm-hmm. on that? If, if the administration isn't, isn't real strong in your corner, it's going to be tough for you to have to fight that battle all the time by yourself. Um, two, great kids. Great kids make it really easy to stick around for a long time. Number three, great community, which involves parents. If, if you've got parents that, that support you and don't question every little thing that you do, it's going to make it a lot more enjoyable for you to be around and more than likely. And then of course your staff, you know, you, you got to enjoy who it is that you work with. I think those are probably the four biggest um, factors when it comes to that. And I think, I think that'll help keep people around if, if all those things are, are positives. And all those revolve around people. Correct. Uh, that's good people. Yeah. And that's such a, a huge benefit to, to anything where, Again, all that other stuff isn't it's going away, you know, but the people are the ones that are there every single day. Right. Exactly. I mean, hundred percent. Okay. What advice do you have for young coaches? Well, my first one would be find somebody that's not a young coach and and ask them questions and don't be concerned if if it's a stupid question or if you think it's a stupid question. I mean, if you are looking to get an answer to something, not saying that you shouldn't try some things out on your own, but 
there are a lot of people that are willing to help and you need to kind of put yourself out there and, and ask those questions of people that have been there and have maybe experienced some similar things to, to something that, that you are experiencing or, you know, could experience. I, but if you're not leaning on people uh, that have done it for a long time, uh, you're probably missing out on a big chunk of, of that knowledge that you could gain. And, and honestly, that will make you a lot happier knowing that you have somebody that you can lean on when the times are tough that you may, and honestly, maybe you just need somebody to talk to, you know, I think a lot of times coaches feel like they're on an Island and, and a lot of times you are, but that's because you are allowing yourself to just be on an Island. There are many people that would be willing to help. I would, I would say one piece, and this is for the educators and, and I apologize for anybody. This isn't, I, I'm not, I, this is a positive for those that are in the education world, figure out a way to get your coaching authorization on your teaching certificate. That is one piece that I am so very thankful that Pat Flanagan at Loris College did for me. My coaching authorization is on my teaching certificate. So now I don't have to worry about doing two separate continuing eds to keep track of. Whenever I renew my teaching license, my coaching authorization is with it because it is on it. That is my biggest piece for you. It just saves you a lot um, when it comes to that. If you're not in education, you, you've got to get your coaching authorization renewed and you got to do it just like you would be if you were in education getting it done. Um, I, I would say along the same lines as, as what you were talking about, find a staff to join that, that somebody has been around for a while that you can get in and you can learn. And then remember this, not everybody is a varsity coach and not everybody the first time that they decide that they want to come be a coach, are you going to be a varsity coach? It may work out that you end up being on the varsity staff, but not everybody is a varsity coach. Just make sure you remember that. So if you have to start the freshman level, you have to start the seventh grade level. If you're in it for the long haul, you'll move up and, and things will be okay for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and part of that is if, if you are on a staff and you have some dreams of becoming a head coach, talk to that coach and, and get some, some different, I don't know, put yourself in situations that you would get to learn a little bit about being a head coach, you know, take some of those, I don't know the right word to, to use, but take some of those skills that, that you are going to have to have and, and put them to use when you have somebody there basically is like your training wheels. Yep. You know, I mean, and again, that's another tough spot where you've got to have a, a conversation like, Hey, this is what I see myself being a, do you see me eventually getting to that point? And B, if so, what can I do to, to get there? And what can you let me do that will help me get there? Yeah. I mean, th those are all, I mean, excellent, excellent suggestions. What do you got? Any final thoughts on this? No, that was a good one. I, I, I don't know any about these topics before we go. I mean, I hope everyone understands that. Like these questions are the first time I'm seeing, hearing any of these, but we always seem to find a way to kind of bring it all together, which well, I, thought I think this one was good. Notice, notice last week, it was a topic that you and I were not terribly familiar with. And so we had to, still, bring I'm still not, that. still not familiar with any of <laughs> but it. But had to bring Brandon on to help these. I mean, we can talk about coaching. I mean, we, we've done it. So we, we know we know enough about this topic that we can have a conversation about it. So I think it's good. And, and it was time for us to to talk about it. I was dying to use La Hermandad um, just so I could tie it into Man on Fire. Great. One of my favorite all time favorite movies. Absolutely love it. I like it when he he gets back and he is ready to end a lot of lives um, in the movie world. It's awesome. So if you have any thoughts on it, let me have it. Um, and then of course, you know, we'll read them and take care of there. So now moving on to history, unless you had anything final. Moving on to history. Indianola has an opportunity on Friday, if things go their way, to, to secure their very first, if I'm not mistaken, very first district championship um, in football. So I think that's pretty awesome. 
it'll come at the expense of us not doing it, however. <laughs> so that part is not awesome. But still, I mean, no matter what happens, some good will come out of it. So if we don't play well and we don't win and Bondurant beats us, you guys are district champs. I think that's really good. If we do play well um, and we take care of Bondurant, then we are, we're district champs, but you guys will also host because your RPI is so good finishing eight and one um, on the year. So that's that. Moving on to the positive. So this is where this is, I told you we were going to talk about this a little bit. I think the positive is IHSAA uh, changing the playoff structure. They, they listen to the IFCA and have, have changed the playoff structure. So just so everybody understands, eight man, A, one A and two A, all those classes finished regular season last week. Week eight was their last regular season game. They all are in postseason. So you are either one of the round of 32 or you had an opportunity to schedule a ninth game with somebody else that did not make the postseason as far as one of the 32 in those four classifications. Okay? Everybody with me? However, eight regular season games, they're now round of 32 Friday. 3A, 4A, and 5A, 16 qualifiers out of 36 make the postseason. They have nine regular season games, which comes up here um, on Friday. And then postseason play starts next week. So everybody will be at the round of 16 at the same time. Here's where life is good. Okay. They took the top of 4A and they went 36 schools in and then they cut it off. Obviously, school number 36 is unhappy that they that they decided to cut it off there however 37 through 72 are extremely happy that they are where they're at now obviously well i should say 72 is probably upset they they are upset i should say yeah yeah um, but as we have talked before indianola looks a lot more like norwalk than it does west des moines valley or southeast polk or either of the Ankenies. It just does. And so it makes sense. And I think what you're going to experience is something similar to what we experienced in 2008, where you have an opportunity to make the postseason, you have an opportunity to make a run in that postseason. And now you're going to start to see the benefits of more and more kids being interested in coming out for football in Indianola. Not that numbers are bad. They're just going to get better. Yeah. The, the light at the end of the tunnel, like there's a, a little light now for us yep. where it's actually a fairly big light based on. Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's much bigger than it was before. And it really wasn't a light. I mean, last year when, when 32 teams made it, um, you know, we were, I know that wasn't considered the playoffs, you know, but we had, we went in and we had a chance to win and we did. And, and then, then we have to go to Waukee, you know, like it just, we always would run into a school that again, if you, if you put them right next to each other, it, it does not look the same or similar. So the, it is nice to, to have that, I don't know, looking forward. That doesn't mean we're going to win a single playoff game, but I think we're going to go into every game thinking we could win this game, right? Where that's a big difference from maybe where we're at, before and i think that that is that that's going to benefit you you know and, and again you know there's a lot of factors as to why teams do well why teams don't well why programs are, are are retaining kids or even gaining kids and there's a reason why programs are losing kids i mean there's just there's so many factors out there however one of the factors in the case of indianola football has been removed and now you're going to reap the benefits of that and I think that that's a, that's a significant piece. And that's why I think the positive for our, our episode tonight is IHSAA making those changes. Um, you know, and, and even the IHSAA would argue that them changing that is, is superficial. That isn't really getting down to the roots of, of why people aren't going out for football in certain areas and, and why there's a discrepancy. But it does help some of our, our schools that were outmatched based on enrollment alone that's basically yeah. good job out of the boys in Boone I think from from that standpoint and, and getting that taken care of so don't don't be confused and look up boys in Boone on Twitter and think that's actually them though just so 
we make that clear. What is that? Is there a thing? Is that a thing? Yeah, there's like a there's a parody athletic Ooh, sorry, association. Sorry. Con- I, I believe no it. I believe it is at Boys and Boone, and uh, they don't post a lot, but they are quite funny. Okay, uh, but it's, so it is not actually the Boys and you. Boone that you're referring to. Thank you for throwing that disclaimer out there. Yeah. So that's uh, it. I oh, have a ahead. positive. Oh, what do you yeah. got? I love it. Uh, so today I uh, spoke to a class at Simpson. It was like a event management type of a class in the sports administration uh, world. And, and one of the questions that they asked was something along the lines of how do you get volunteers? And that question immediately made me extremely thankful because I could say, uh, we just get the same ones that want to do it. And so my positive is just the amount of people that we do not pay that there's a bunch are. Yeah. I mean, you think about like a football game, a basketball game, a track meet wrestling, how many people it actually takes to run an event like that. And we are basically just getting the same people to come back year after year and how much easier that makes. I mean, not having to train somebody to do something or maybe just learn period how to do it. Um, Just those people as much as I can do. And I know it's not a lot in the, in the world of educational finance, but as much as I can do to show those people how much I appreciate what they do. I don't think it can even be close to enough because we don't have these events without all those people basically working for free. And, and I, and I, and I don't, and I apologize for, for twisting this this way, but I can tell you in all the years that I have kept book, I've never received any monetary um, stipend for, for yeah. keeping the book. And I don't know how many years I've done it. I can't even answer that, but it's been a while. I'll volunteer because I yeah. enjoy doing it. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. So they're my positive. Yeah. Volunteers. And you need a lot of them, especially in track season. You need a lot. Oh, man. that You can't have enough track. More, more than any other event, more than any other time. And you guys, you Indianolers, do a ton of track meets, which means you have Six. a ton of volunteers. Yeah. It, it's impressive. Impressive. It's a great job. So that's a great positive also. So the, the Iowa Athletic Association, I almost said the boys, but the Iowa Athletic Association um, and their changes with the, with the playoff setup and the classifications, I think that's a positive. Overall, that's a positive. Um, obviously, it doesn't fix all the things that are wrong in football, but, but it's a huge positive. And it's, a, and it's a great step in the right direction, especially for a town like Indianola and a school like Indianola. You, you are now playing schools that look like you <clears throat> as opposed to the, the other end. Um, of the spectrum all the volunteers that that help make things high school events go and middle school events go um, I mean they're just you'd be you can't measure that and so that's another positive history in the making on Friday at least a, an opportunity for it um, this Friday when it comes to that Mormon clothiers as our non-sponsor go ahead and give them a check I mean check them out it is m-o-o-r-m-a-n clothiers c-l-o T-H-I-E-R-S, um, Ames in Mason City. And then, of course, La Hermandad, the Brotherhood. I am a professional. I am a professional. I am a professional. So if you got any thoughts on any of that, that'd be great. And then, of course, answering the question, do, do you record things? Um, and if so, what do you record? And then do you go back and watch it? I'm curious about that. And then if you got any suggestions for Katie to watch, that'd be great. And, of course, as always, love hearing um, from people and what they've got for, for feedback. So this was episode 64. And Lee, of course, I appreciate you um, coming on. And, and Tom has just been busy. So don't, don't think that that this is a, a, a permanent thing. And, and although Tom, I'm sure we'll hear from him. You're like, oh, you just have Lee all the time. So you don't want me. <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear that at some point in time. But it, it is, I, I got to be honest with you, it is, it's a relief to know that between the three of us, two of us are going to be on and, and be able to get an episode done. So um, we'll get that right away. Anyway, so thanks everybody for listening. This was episode 64, La Hermandad. This is October 19, 2021. Talking the Walk. I am Paul Patterson signing off. Thanks for listening.
And I'm going to apologize before I sign off, since this is a no edit podcast. I did mention right as we were going to record that I was hungry. Uh, I've not eaten yet tonight. So I apologize if the first thing you hear when this podcast starts is I'm hungry. Uh, I am guest host Lee Nelson. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Closing time. Thank you for listening to the Talking the Walk podcast show.